Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing, more than a feeling. To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save Your life To be powered by love Well by now you're familiar Hopefully with Um the Binge the Bible series that's been going on here for the last couple of weeks as uh, you bravely wake, make your way through the Bible in six weeks. And so today, we're looking at the wisdom literature. So tucked between the history and narrative and law of the Old Testament of the Hebrew Scriptures and the prophets, we have the wisdom literature. So these are the five books of the Bible, sort of in the heart of the Old Testament. If you kind of guessed about halfway through the Old Testament and opened your Bible into that, you probably would land on one of these uh, passages. And they, um, they are the poetry of Psalms, the poetry of Song of Solomon, or Song of Songs, and they are the, poetry, uh, the wisdom literature ascribed to Job, Ecclesiastes, and Proverbs. And so when, um, when Pastor Nathan asked me to sort of tackle this, uh, he, didn't, he first got me to say yes to coming. So I didn't know that my job was to um, somehow present five very rich books of the Bible in like five-minute preview and then a, a message, a sermon. So he got me to commit, and then I knew my assignment. Had I known my assignment first, I might have, you know, might have passed on that one because each of these books deserves its own Bible series. I mean, it, it, it deserves its own like six to eight weeks. So how can we possibly capture these five books or any of all this whole six-week series, but my specific task, how can we capture this uh, in just a couple minutes. Well, I'm going to give you a mnemonic device I just made up. And, um, and I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to be helpful for you so that when Pastor Nathan or when intern Pastor Jeremy comes back and say, hey, did you learn anything from that guy who came and talked? You could say, yeah, I did. And here's what you, you're going to learn. JEPS. J-E-P-P-S. A word I just made up. Say it with me. JEPS. JEPS. Say it again. JEPS. Okay, there's going to be a quiz. JEPS. So it's an it's a acronym. So think of a J-E-P-P-S. J is for Job. E is for Ecclesiastes. P is for Proverbs. The other P is for Psalms. And S is for Song of Solomon or Song of Songs. So you get a sense. Um, Jeps. So these are the books of the Bible considered wisdom literature. J for Job. Job is this theological quandary that this guy Job has. He has lost everything, family, his livestock, he is covered in boils, he is suffering great and terrible suffering, and yet 
still remains faithful and holds on to his faith. Meanwhile, his friends are saying to him, surely, Job, you've done something wrong to bring this tragedy upon yourself. This sort of theological, this bad theological thinking that, you know, if you're bad, bad things will happen to you. But if you're a faithful person, only good things will happen to you. Well, that's not the case with Job. And so this book invites us deep into what it means to be human and to suffer in this world that is finite and what it means then to hold on to faith and to trust in God and God's word, even when things in life is falling apart. It's an invitation into a deeper, richer wondering theologically. So J for Job, E for Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is a philosophical book, which um, Koheleth, the writer, starts off by saying, vanity of vanities, all is vanity, and then goes on for chapter after chapter to talk about how this life kind of seems pointless because we, li- we're, we are born, we live, we die, and that's it. That's kind of, so it's this a philosophical book and this wrestling with what does it mean then to be human if, if vanity of vanities, if everything is just like vapor or breath or dust in the wind and we all one day are gone, where... Amid all this absurdity, where do we find meaning? How do we make meaning out of life? And so it's an invitation into these questions that ultimately leads, even amid the absurdities of it all, leads to this understanding that our work, our play, our relationships, our lives, are gifts from God. So E for Ecclesiastes, P for Proverbs. Proverbs, we're going to dive a little deeper into Proverbs in the preaching moment, but just to say that Proverbs is sort of the wisdom, the tradition of this understanding that God has given us minds to think and our minds are tools that we exercise in order that we may live out our lives with each other and live in virtuous and right ways. And so um, that's that's P for Proverbs. So J-E-P, the other P, Psalms. We know the book of Psalms. Psalms, we sing, we pray every Sunday morning, They are the worship book of God's people. They are poetic prayers that lift up all the emotions that we have and hold as human beings and we bring before God. And the amazing, wonderful thing is God receives us just as we are. Our prayers of frustration and anger, our prayers of joy and celebration and praise, all of it, God receives. And then Song of Songs is uh, what I would consider the love book of the Bible. It's this love poem espoused between two lovers that show this passionate understanding and preciousness of honoring each other. It's a book about relationship, sexual intimacy, and the giftedness of relationship and, the, and, and um, love with each other. And it sort of can be seen in some ways as like a a metaphor for God's love for all of creation and how um, precious God's love is for us and how that gift of love that we share with is, is a gift from God. So that's Jeps. Say it again. Jeps. Those are the wisdom books. Now you know. So when Pastor Nathan or Pastor Jeremy comes back, you can say, oh yeah, we got Jeps. We know it. We got it. We know But really, this is an invitation for you to to open your Bibles at home, to look at these wisdom traditions, to understand that all the questions that we take as human beings, we, we place before God. And these books of the Bible help us and empower us to take those questions and lay them before God and wrestle with them and, and, and really discover 
how it is that God is with us and holds us amid our suffering, amid our joy, amid our love, amid our living, amid our dying, that God is with us. And that is a wonderful thing. So that's our Bible preview for episode three. And so I invite you to gather with us with a word of prayer. Let us pray. Loving God, open our hearts and minds to hear your holy word. Deepen our knowledge and understanding of the Bible, that it may be a living guide for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Today's scripture reading is from Psalms 19. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the fermentment proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are these words. Their voice is not heard. Yet their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In the heavens he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom from his wedding canopy. And like a strong man, runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the ends of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and nothing is hid from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Here ends the reading. Thank you. Alongside Psalm 19, our preaching text, Psalm 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge is the insight into the Holy One. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So I don't know about you, but um, as I think about that statement, I don't think when it comes to faith communities, I'm not really sure that fear is at the top of the list of sort of something we want to lift up and espouse as people of God, like um, a way to think about it or help break it down. Think about how um, congregations are named, okay? So say I'm new to the Twin Cities. Hey, I'm looking for a Lutheran church. What do you got for me? Well, there's House of Hope Lutheran Church. Oh, House of Hope. That sounds nice. There's River of Life Lutheran Church. Oh, I could get, I mean, rivers. I love rivers. That sounds great. River of Life. There's Peace Lutheran Church. There's Faith Lutheran Church. There's Grace Lutheran Church. What are you thinking? Oh, oh, and then there's, there's Fear Lutheran Church down the, down the street too. So do you want to check out Fear Lutheran Church? I don't think so. I don't think that would be at the, at the top of my list. Or maybe uh, put it another way, it's not necessarily going to make a tagline for your congregation. Elk River Lutheran Church, powered by fear. 
Come join us every Sunday morning online and at the parking lot and be powered by fear. Not exactly what you were thinking, right? But yet, fear is lifted up in the wisdom literature. We heard it in Proverbs 9. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we heard it in Psalm 19. The fear of the Lord endures forever. The fear of the Lord is pure and endures forever. So a faith-informed fear is something actually that we should be talking about, that we should be living into. So I have to now do like a little disclaimer. When I talk about fear, faith-informed fear, it's different than sort of the summer blockbuster horror movie kind of fear, you know, that the bone-chilling, bump-in-the-night movies that you watch. If you want that kind of fear, if that's the kind of fear you're looking for, then I invite you to go to the Elk River Cinema and catch either a plane of A Quiet Place 2 or the newest iteration of The Conjuring series because those will give you that sort of, you know, deep fear in your body and wondering what's going to come get you. That's not what we're talking about when we're talking about a faith-informed fear. A faith-informed fear actually situates us in the power and presence of God in a way that helps us to understand that God is God and we are not God. As much as humankind wants to make ourselves like God or have the powers of God, we are not. God is God and we are not. And a, and a healthy, vibrant fear places us within that context. So it's in these moments that I really am grateful that I'm, I'm Lutheran because then I can lean into the Lutheran tradition a little bit and help make sense of what this means. So 1525, Martin Luther writes a little booklet called the Small Catechism. Now, uh, some of you might be hyperventilating because that in confirmation, you might have to have memorized it and you're having these like flashbacks of having to like memorize this little book. But the book is a wonderful tool. And I'm not saying that just because I'm a Lutheran pastor and have teach confirmation to middle school or high school youth. I really do believe it's a wonderful tool because it teaches the tenets of the Christian faith. And so what Martin Luther was trying to do was get faith into the homes of the Christian people and break down these tenets. So there's teachings around the Apostles' Creed. There's teachings around the sacrament of the table and holy baptism. There's teachings around the Lord's Prayer, and there's teachings around the Ten Commandments. And so what Martin Luther did in this little book is he stated each of the Ten Commandments, and then he followed it up with the question, what does this mean? So, uh, you shall have no other gods. What does this mean? And then he went on to answer the question. You shall not steal. What does this mean? He went on to answer that question that he asked. And he does so for all 10 of the commandments. And every time he, he answers that question, he does so with this line. He begins with this line. We are to fear and love God so that. And then he answers the particular question. So for example, um, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. What does this mean? We are to fear and love God so that we do not despise the preaching of God's word, but gladly, gladly learn the holy word and hear it. So what Martin Luther does is he ties fear and love together of God 
we are to fear and love God. It is a command. It's part of the command. Now, to, to unpack it a little bit more, if you try to think of another word for fear, what do you come up with? Maybe the word I come up with when it comes to faith-informed fear is awe. So another word, think of it, another word for fear is awe. Another word for fearful is awful, full of awe. So this God who is beyond our knowing is, is the one who causes us to have awe and fear and recognition that this God is God of God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made. This grand God knows us intimately and created us as we are. And that is an awesome thing. That is a fearful thing. That God is God and we are not. And so, uh, that, that's why we have songs where we sing about our awesome God, our, our God that is above and beyond all awe that we could co- comprehend. And so the wisdom literature, the books of, of Scripture, these five, Jeps, Job, Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, Psalms, Song of Solomon, these, these uh, five books really point to this awesomeness of God. So that when Job is, is questioning God and how this suffering has happened, God says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you when I created everything, including you? And there's this awe moment that Job has, this like trembling moment that God is God and Job is not. That there are some questions that are never going to be answered because only God knows. And so with Ecclesiastes, the same idea that, you know, we are breath and our breath will eventually return to God. And that is an awesome thing. Or in the Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is wisdom. The understanding then that all the wisdom is a gift from God and how we wrestle and toil with situations in our lives, but yet God is God And God is the one who gifts us with our minds to think and move and live together as God's people. And that's an amazing, wonderful thing. Or in Psalms, lifting up our songs to God with all our human emotions. That's a wonderful gift that we can do. And the gift of love and Song of Solomon is a gift that is awe-inspiring and amazing. And so when I think about all these wisdom literature all pointing to the awesomeness of God, the word that I always land on, and it's pretty easy to remember with wisdom literature, is wonder. Because wonder really captures some of that, that fear and a bit of that love. Think about in your lives, have you ever just been in a state of wonder in the presence of God? Have you ever, I mean, it doesn't happen every single day. It doesn't happen to me every day. But there have been moments in my life in my life where I encounter God and I have this moment of awe and wonder. Think about your life. Think about, has there ever been a moment? Maybe, maybe it was out in nature somewhere. Maybe sitting in a quiet place by a babbling stream. Maybe up on the North Shore, you know, in those moments of just kind of taking in the landscape. Maybe you were hiking in the mountains and you felt like you were scaling the clouds. And there, this 
just vast creation that God has made, has situated in your place, and you understand just how great and wonderful God is? Or maybe you put on some some goggles and were out in the ocean and looked underneath and saw the oceanscape and the life under you swimming around and how miraculous and wonderful that is. Or maybe, maybe you discovered the wonder of, of God in the delivery room at the birth of a little one. Maybe you birthed the little one. How wonderful, how, how it just sort of sets everything in, in the world of this understanding of God as creator that made this little one. Or maybe it was out on the farm in the birth of a calf or some kittens or something where it's just like, what, God made this? And it just sets you, your mind and your heart spinning. Or maybe, maybe it's in that awful, wonderful moment when you're cra- clasping the hand of a loved one who's dying and that heartache and that pain, and yet you, it's somehow in that moment you encounter the wonder of God who is holding you and that dying one in that moment to know and to trust in the promise of eternal life, that is wonder. The wonder that we find at the empty tomb on Easter morning when we show up and celebrate the awesomeness and emptiness that Jesus defeated death for us and for our sake, the wonder of the baptismal font where those promises are poured over us and claims you just as you are, the wonder of a community that welcomes you in God's name just as you are. Maybe your moment of wonder is one of those moments. Maybe there's something else burning in your heart that you know was a wonder-filled moment of encountering God's word. That is what wisdom literature is about. That is what the fear of the Lord is about that leads to wisdom. It starts with fear, but wisdom ultimately ends in that wonderful, awful, amazing moment of praise. So that if you go home this week and open up the the wisdom traditions, those five, the Jeps, the five books, you will discover at some point in those books of the Bible, there is a praise and thanksgiving of who God is. God is God and we are not. And we give thanks and praise to God, the God of all wonder beyond our understanding and knowing and yet intimately known in our gathering, in the sacred meal, in the gifts of God's grace and mercy poured out for you and for the world. And that, my friends, is wonderful. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.